You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners where you learn the business side of running a group practice. I'm your host, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is a practice management and EHR software that helps behavioral health professionals manage their practice with confidence and efficiency. I've been using Therapy Notes in my own group practice for about five or six years now, and they're hands down amazing. They've got a scheduling and to-do list that is so easy to look at, a notes template that is amazing and exactly what you need, billing that has accurate reports that you can use, credit card processing system, a client portal that's constantly being updated, security, and tech support that is amazing. You can call and actually talk to someone right away. If you're looking for an EHR that can give you everything you need to run your group practice smoothly, try Therapy Notes out by going to www.therapynotes.com forward slash the group practice exchange and you'll get two free months to try them out. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Group Practice Exchange podcast. Today is a coaching session um, episode, and I've got Kim Hessian on the line with me, and we're going to be talking about balancing having multiple businesses. In her case, particularly, it's having a group practice and a consulting business. And so we're just going to dive uh, right into there, and we're going to start with um, you know getting to know Kimberly and a little bit about her, where her practice is at, and we'll jump in and see what her questions are related to um, balancing having multiple businesses. Hi, Kim. How are you? Hi, Maureen. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Hi, everyone. Ah, that's awesome. So I'm really excited because this is obviously something that I'm doing as well um, and in having this consulting and group practice. So I feel like this is going to be a topic that a lot of people are interested in in learning a little bit about. And I'm sure that the questions that you have um, are going to be questions that every person who's wanting to um, start another business is, is having at some point in their in their journey. So Tell us a little bit about you and your practice and where you're at and um, incorporating the second business uh, into kind of your life and how that's going. Okay, sure. Um, I want to start actually by saying that I'm really just one half of these businesses. Um, I do have a partner, Jennifer Flanagan, um, and she is equal partners with me in both our group counseling practice, which is called Great South Bay Therapy, um, and also our coaching consulting practice, which is called Coastal Coastal Practice Consultants. Um, Jen and I have been really working together for, oh gosh, almost 20 years. Um, really started off side by side, just helping each other with our own private practices and um, often sharing office space and then growing the office space um, to, to where we sublet. And we started informally coaching um, other therapists into how they could start their own practice. And that just sort of evolved over the course of several years. And it was about really less than two years ago that both these companies became official. We're Great South Bay Therapy. Um, obviously, we're incorporated. We're equal partners. We now have a group therapy practice with six clinicians, um, and that's going really well. And our coaching consulting company, we do a couple of different things where we have two office locations. So we have 10 offices. Uh, some of those are just sublet out to other independent therapists, and some are used for our own employees. We do some coaching consulting for those who are looking to build their practice, and we also have a small VA company um, attached to that as well. Yes, so and, and you're on, I, I think you're on um, Uriah's master, VA master list, right? Because I know a lot yes, of people yes. that, so they can, uh, if they want to find you, they can also look in there because your, your 
um, VA businesses in there. And I know that's always a highly sought out um, uh, business that people are looking for in our industry. So um, they're welcome to look at that as well. Yes, thanks for that, and, and yeah. thanks Uriah for adding us to your list. I know, I know that's a that's a list that a lot of people are are often looking for uh, suggestions and a lot of help. He gives a lot of great advice. Yeah, yeah. All right, so hopping in, tell me what is this is this uh, balance of multiple businesses is on your mind? So yeah, the balance is. I mean, now we're at 2019. We're in January, and we're kind of doing this look ahead. Where what are what are we going to prioritize and focus for this year? Um, the last year or two have really been just just surviving, you know, kind of growing and creating those systems, creating policies and procedures. I mean, that was really the focus um, and getting the structure down, Pat, you know, for all of those different things I mentioned. And now that they're they're all moving in a really positive direction, we're sort of like, where do we where do we put more more of our energy? Um, we know what we don't want to focus on, which you know, Jennifer and I each have our own individual caseloads. We are not looking to grow our individual caseloads. If anything, we're looking to minimize that so we can do more of the other things. Um, so that's not that's not a question. What is a question is, you know, we kind of have these four ideals or I guess these four projects. Um, do we put some time and energy into prioritizing the marketing and growth of our group counseling practice? Do we focus more on expanding the office space into um, whether we're subletting or just sort of investing? We do own one of our buildings. Do we look at something like that and finding a third location? Do we put more time, energy, market, and grow our VA company? Or do we put that time and energy into marketing and growing our coaching practice? So obviously, we want to do all of those things, but we think we could use some advice on where to where to start, what to prioritize, um, and maybe what could do some progress, like maybe with less of our energy. That yes. Yes. Um, so I'm just going to ask some questions along the way as well, just sure. so to get to know where you guys are at in, in this process. Um, with What's your business partner's name? Jennifer. Jennifer. Um, I'm going to write that down because as I talk, I'll forget. Um, so tell me a little bit about your partnership because I think that especially with partnership plays a, a big role on kind of the decision-making um, for one or more businesses. Um, where do you guys each stand in terms of like the role that you play outside of seeing clients, but the role that you play in the business itself? Do you guys have a system set up where um, each of you is doing something very specific for the group practice and each of you is doing something very specific um, in, in terms of the business management for the consulting piece and the VA piece? Um, or is it that you're kind of co-doing everything? How, how, is, how does that look? Um, that's a good question. So we, we have a really phenomenal partnership, but I, I wish I could sort of write down a recipe for people because we do get a lot of questions. I was going to say that is a highly uh, sought out um, like formula that people are looking for is <laughs> how can I have a partnership that won't end in a divorce? Like, how do I, how right. do, I do this? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really awesome that you guys have such a long, a 20 year relationship that's, um, that you guys have mastered. That's amazing. It really is. It is amazing. And I often, I, we're very grateful for each other. And, and I think, you know, if I had to just give one tip of advice, it's that, you know, we're equal, but you're not equal every day. You know, there's going to be days where you have to do more work than your partner. And there's going to be days where your partner has to kind of carry you a little bit. And I think if you, you know, just start off, that is just something that I think if, if practice owners are okay with and can understand and, and 
you know, sort of manage that, um, I think that's a great start to any partnerships. So I just want to, I just want to start with that because I think that's one of the things people run into trouble with is just making everything exactly equal or, right. or creating assignments and then, and then being frustrated that one assignment didn't get done or wasn't done fast enough. And I think you have to be a little more open-minded and flexible to make that partnership work. Um, and we have that, so it's great. But to answer your question, I think um, most things are pretty equal. I mean, there's certainly some things that I would know I would jump into. I think all things building management, um, that's Jennifer's strength. Uh, she we, we bought a building and renovated the whole thing, and she really kind of jumped in and was able to manage that much better than I would be able to. And then there's like the website stuff and the marketing and um, the emailing and computer things is more my strength. Um, but to to be honest, in all of those areas, whether it's coaching, VA, count, you know, running the group practice um, or managing the offices, I'd say we're pretty equal. Um, so there's not there's not literally like a hard line between what she does versus what I do. Um, how do you, do you find that 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 works for you guys, or is that something that um, I'm look I'm thinking about it in kind of relation to what my uh, uh, my third business is a partnership, um, and that's the the group practice builders one, the one that does the conferences and Mm -hmm. something that him and I had learned, um, is that, um, it's easy to have your fingers dipped in everything and feel like you can be emailing each other. Like, did you send the email out to people? Or am I going to send the email out to people? And then him be like, I'll send those emails out. And then for him to be like, Hey, I sent um, like a sponsor, sent an email out wanting to be a sponsor. Um, do you want me to follow up on that? Or are you going to, you know, where we end up feeling like we're a part of every part of the practice or of that business. And so, um, one of the things just for, um, because I don't have a lot of experience with partnerships aside from this, and it's a very small part of my three businesses that I have, um, is that when we outlined who's really managing, um, and, and we kind of categorized in, in bigger ways, that our whole business, um, for, for that specific business. So we were like, um, and this might not translate over to you exactly, but just as you'll get, you'll get the, the idea of it. Um, you know, he manages, um, all of the, uh, communications with, um, like the, hotel reservations, the, um, AV people for like, you know, having, um, audio and all that stuff. Um, everything like our food vendors, he's in charge of like, uh, the part of the conferences that we have that, um, it's just like about the location and the logistics. I'm in charge of like the sponsorships piece. So I'm the one that, um, communicates with potential sponsors, discusses the sponsorship stuff, um, gets them to paid, gets them on the website. Um, he's the one that um, dealt with like the speakers. And so he was the one that did research on speakers, um, coordinated with the speakers on the different topics. And obviously we each, um, you know, ch- would have like a, at every certain interval, we would meet and talk about like the progress we were making on our areas and getting input and advice on if that, you know, is something that they're like, when I talk about the sponsors, I'll say like, I found these like four different sponsors. How do you feel about those sponsors? Should I move forward with them? And he'd be like, great, sounds good. Um, and so I guess I'm, um, saying all that to ask when it comes to you and her partnering on multiple businesses, um, do you feel like your time is being used well in that, um, you guys, because I know you said you guys pretty much do everything equally, which is great. And uh, you had mentioned that sometimes one will kind of carry the other, and that's totally normal, just like in a marriage. Um, but do you guys feel like you have like 
set expectations that might be broad. It doesn't have to be like these tasks, like you were saying, but like a larger, like I'm in charge of staff management. So when there's staff issues, staff know to come to me and I'm, you know, and maybe I'm in charge of the, uh, business finances. So I'll make sure that the accountant gets what they need. I'll be the one that looks at it and I'll tell you kind of where our finances lie and where our issues are in finances and we can brainstorm together how we can make that better. But then I'll take ownership of that stuff and, and make that make that thing happen. Um, is, is that sort of how you guys are or is it like you guys are both kind of in everything together and mutually making those no. No, I think exactly as I was listening to you, to you, your examples, I think we do actually do that. Um, for example, like with the group counseling practice, I am, I'm doing all of the finances and the working with the bookkeeper and working with the accountant um, and taking the client payments and, and reconciling those things where Jen will do with the supervision. So she will okay. be making sure she's doing the, you know, that they're keeping up with their notes and she's reviewing them and doing individual supervision. Um, there are some things that we do together though, right. as I was listening to you. So, like, for example, we often will have supervision meetings and we're both there. Exactly. Um, that that, yeah, yeah. That mm-hmm. probably down the road, we could stop doing that where we sure. take turns. Right. Um, and like for the VA stuff too, when we get email inquiries, I usually am the one to respond, but then she might do the interview. Um, one, you know, we'll take turns sort of you do the, we're not both doing interviews for a VA inquiry. Um, and she'll interview and onboard some of the VAs. You know, so we do have our separate roles, I guess, within each company. I can see as I was hearing you talk that there are some areas where we probably are duplicating services and not using our time wisely. You know, we do a lot of um, online coaching or in-person coaching for individuals, mm-hmm. you know, growing practices. And a lot of times we'll come in together so they'll get two of us. Yeah. Um, and, and that's probably, I mean, we both have really the same thing to say. Um, so <laughs> I don't, I, you, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably not the best use of our time. Uh, but I think we also really both love it. And yeah. so we get really excited about that and having that opportunity to work with practice owners. So yeah, so I think the to answer your question is we do have separate, you know, tasks and, and separate responsibilities, but there are definitely some overlap where maybe we could free up some of our time so uh, I might, to do other things. I might start with that. And I know, you know, you mentioned a task list. And so I want to say, um, when I'm bringing this up, I don't mean that it has to be these, um, like an Excel spreadsheet with different tasks where each of you is checking off who's doing what, but I do think that it might be helpful, um, to come up with, um, some general larger, um, uh, sections of each of your businesses that, like you said, you deal with kind of the finance stuff. That's a big section. There's a lot that goes into finances, whether it's talking to an accountant or a financial planner, whether it's looking at the profit and loss statements, whether it's um, making a decision on whether or not you can afford to hire someone or not. Like there's a lot that goes into the financial piece. Um, um, my su- starting suggestion might be to look at each of your individual businesses and try to put some major buckets uh, underneath each of those businesses that things various tasks can fall into. And so the tasks themselves don't matter as much um, in this discussion um, that I'm bringing up, but more so that there that there's some level of ownership that each of you has individually on the larger, like in my group practice, again, I'm, I am the sole owner. So it's um, on, on me in that sense, but I also now, you know, have clinical director and site supervisor. So there is some um, 
separation of tasks in that sense or larger things. And so um, how I have it for my group practice, and it might not be this way for yours, is my one um, bucket is clinical, like seeing clients. And that bucket is a lot smaller now, used to be larger when I was a smaller group practice, but I've um, shrunk that down. So um, it's it's, it's actually like a cup. <laughs> and then <laughs> the next bucket is a business management. And then the last bucket is staff management. And that's how I uh, categorize like kind of overall everything that m- keeps the wheels turning in my group practice. You might have some more buckets uh, or you like to look at them a little differently. Um, but so when, um, when I look at what's in- most important for my tasks in the group practice, it's I'm fully in the bucket of business management. And so um, there is a lot in there. So that includes the finances, that includes the creative side of like figuring out my growth strategies and business planning. And then the staff management piece is my clinical director. And now we have some uh, three site supervisors for each of our locations. Um, But the staff management uh, is technically not my uh, bucket. So although I have um, regular meetings with all the site supervisors and the clinical director so that I'm aware of what's going on and I have input into the direction of the staff management piece. I am not the person that has to do um, the supervision. I'm not the person that has to um, make the like day-to-day decisions on the staff management piece. That's the clinical director. She is in charge of that. And then the site supervisors, they can collaborate on that. Um, And what that's done is when, because I've made that as an actual factual conscious decision that that is not, even though this is all my business, that is not an area that is, um, it it gets to me only when there's a, a, a need of support from my clinical director, but I don't need to be the one initiating um, making sure on a day-to-day basis that the staff management piece is being done. Um, that's 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 her thing. And what that does is it frees up just my mental space, but also then my literal time. I don't have to say I, I need to make sure that I have some space for the staff um, uh, staff supervising or uh, the uh, you know check-ins on retention rates. Like that doesn't have to be a part of my thing, and I don't have to make a mental space for it. Um, and so my suggestion would be just to start with kind of making some global. Um, buckets or areas for each of your businesses and seeing like who is who's going to take charge of that space and all the little tasks that go along with it. And obviously you guys have that relationship where you're meeting. Um, I don't know if it's every week or every month or whatever, um, where you each are going to be getting that information about what's happening in those other buckets. So you're not like completely in the, in the dark on it. Um, right. But it then um, it then free, it will free up a little bit of your mental space and time um, which kind of leads me to the decision-making piece, which was your original question of like, what should the next step be? Is it to grow the business, grow practice more? Is it to um, do some marketing around uh, the VA business or the consulting piece? Um, and so my next question would, is relating to um, business planning. And um, have you done any sort of formal or informal business planning on each individual business, not as a whole, but like one for your group practice, one for the consulting and one for the VA? Well, that's a great question. So what I'm, what I kind of just took from everything that you had said was that, you know, we, we always have this idea. And I think a lot of group practice owners like fall into this habit of, okay, so things are going well, let's just grow, you know, let's, yeah. let's grow. And then my original question was, well, which one should we grow first? Right. But I think what, what I'm hearing is that maybe there are ways, and although I, I think we we are really happy with our current systems, we could still do better. We could definitely 
um, incorporate some additional systems um, that would, like you said, free up some of that mental space and that yeah. may help, you know, that that's going to help. So I think it's hard to grow when you're a little bit overwhelmed, right? So right. that was really our, our original question. Um, <laughs> but in terms of, so, so that's really great advice. I think we will sit down and kind of create those buckets and maybe we're probably already doing a lot of yes, them just exactly. naturally. She does one thing, I do the other, but maybe kind of writing them down or being a little more firm about it would free up some of our time and mental space. Um, and then in terms of the business planning, I guess the first step in that is, you know, to be honest, we, we just sort of went with it. And now right. that a whole year and a half or year, two years have gone by with these businesses, um, we're just kind of getting all of our numbers rolling in now, at, you know, from, from 2018 and 2017. So I guess another question was going to be now that we have all this data of how, how we grew and what we brought in and where the obstacles were. Um, I know you had mentioned something that you have a really amazing dashboard or some yeah. way of kind of taking that data. Like we're not sure what, exactly what to do with it. Um, yeah. other than just looking at hard numbers. Yeah. So, um, I am doing a training. By the time this recording is out, it'll the training will be out. But that's in my membership site. That's my uh, January training, um, mm-hmm. where I show how to make it and what mine looks like and how to um, make that happen. Um, the dashboard is helpful in helping you know your key metrics, but it doesn't help you know what to do with it. And it kind of goes back to your point that you made just now as you were going into this part of the conversation. Um, is that um, growth doesn't necessarily mean that it's time to continue growing. Uh, and it's really hard if you are successfully growing to feel like, oh, it's just natural to keep this going. Like it's, I'm hiring people, it's working well, they're filling up, our space is now full, like I should get this next location or I should uh, break down some walls and uh, add additional office space. Um, and, and so my question relating to business planning and having something a little more formal, you can go on the IRS website to get like a gen- the general template of a business plan and the sections of a business plan. But mm-hmm. what it does, and I didn't do it. I was very similar to you. Um, I kind of jumped into having a group practice and doing consulting and it worked. And so I just kept doing it. Um, and after, and, and I thought, I don't want to write a business plan one because I'm kind of lazy with that. And I was like, I already know everything I'm doing and it's all in my head. I don't need to have it written down. Um, but what happened when I actually wrote it down is like it naturally forces you to make decisions. And obviously you can always change your mind. My business plan in 2013 is different than my business plan this year um, because it evolves throughout the years. And I relook at it every year to see like, is the direction that I said I wanted to go, have I been going in that direction? Does that direction still make sense? Um, and so my suggestion would be to have um, at least some sort of an informal business plan, but for each separate business and looking at them separately without having your other two businesses in your mind when you're writing the one, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because obvi- there's going to be some parts of it, of the business plan itself that you already know. Um, but there's going, there are some questions that come up when you're writing it relating to kind of your one-year plan or your six-month plan um, that kind of force you into um, seeing where your business is at now and looking at kind of your joy level in where the business is at. Um, and there is, in, in a sense, there is going to be this natural um, pull for focus in one or the other business. 
not that's not to say that you can't be growing all, all three the VA the consulting and the group practice at once um, but in some ways you can't have your hands in all of them actively fully engaged in growing them at the same time and so it might be that you find that um, looking at it from like a quarterly perspective where you're you know in quarter one the focus is on the group practice and um, making decisions around that, whether that's expanding, whether that's perfecting a system in, in your practice that needs a little bit of looking at, um, whether that means uh, shifting like management type stuff. And that quarter two then is is the focus. Then after that, the group practice just stays where it's at. It's ma- in maintenance mode. And in quarter two, the focus is on like, what do we want to do with the VA business um, looking at that business plan then saying, um, you know, we're, we're wanting to be in a growth place with our VA business. We want to get more people in or more group practices and solo practices in to use our VA company. So we're going to put a, a marketing blitz out there. Um, and then in, and then once you do that and you've focused on that growth for a quarter that maybe then the third quarter is on, um, really looking at that third business. Cause I feel like, um, the question you're asking about which one to grow first, one, in some sense, they're all always going to be growing, even if they're being maintained and not in a uh, literal sense, growing in space or size, but that it's growing in the sense that it's always evolving. You know, you're always in your VA company, always going to be getting new uh, group practices or solo practices in that want your services and some that are leaving. You're going to find that there's going to be v, uh, your actual VAs um, coming and going. There's going to be processes as EHRs change and evolve um, where they need to learn new things anyways. So uh, in a sense, there is always going to be some growth and in, in, uh, evolvement. Um, but I guess I also want to say because you have this un- unique or not, I don't know, it's it's not unique to have a business partner, but it's not as common as doing it solo, that you have this opportunity that in some sense, if that, if this is the way you want to go, I'm giving examples that going quarterly, but, um, Mm -hmm. where one practice owner or one of you two, you or Jennifer, um, one really is the spearheader of the group practice in terms of the growth. And that one is the spearheader of growth when it comes to the VA business. And that would be one way that, um, you could kind of simultaneously grow if that's, if that's your, you know, um, goal. Um, there's that, that the possibility is in there. Uh, it just means shifting focus for each of you so that it's really hard to simultaneously grow and have your brain fully on, um, in two things at once. And so, you know, the option of doing kind of these quarterly things where you're looking at one business per quarter and making decisions in that quarter for that business only, um, in terms of growth or perfecting systems. Um, or having one person that's really in charge of growth in one business while the other person's really in charge of growth in the other. Um, but I really think it boils back down to the business planning part because um, it's really easy when you're doing well to feel like the natural next step is to just continue growing. But like, when does that stop? You know, when do you know that enough is enough? Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Um, I appreciate that because I think I think it's hard for a lot of people when you have these big ideas and you're mm-hmm. really driven and excited and it's going well. I mean, that's right. the thing. We don't really have a, like any disasters to manage too, which I know can just naturally derail, you know, your growth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm knock on wood when I say that, but <laughs> you know, when things are just kind of rolling out, you're thinking, well, you know, what's the next step? But I think you made a really good point that sometimes, you know, maintenance is growth. You know, when you're yes. maintaining something, um, it is like you are going to have different things that come up and they may not be disasters, but they're things that need your attention and to be, you know, refocusing and, re- and shifting some, um, 
some the way we work and the way we do things. So there's still going to, it's still going to require your time and energy, even if it's in a maintenance mode. Right. Um, and that, that means it's still, you know, it's still technically wrong. I think that's just the concept that we have to swallow that and get, and be okay with it, but it makes a lot of sense to also do things quarterly, you know, um, so maybe we just hired a new clinician. Maybe we focus on the group practice right now and just getting all of those systems perfected and get her rolling. And we just don't, you know, not that we wouldn't pay attention to the other companies, but we don't need to focus on the marketing blitz or the emails or things like that. We just do, we just take care of the, you know, the work that's already there. Um, and then once the group practice is running smoothly, keep it at a maintenance phase, move on to the coaching practice or the VA company or look at office space and we'd have to decide. I mean, the one thing is that, Jen and I do really well is we make decisions really well together. That's um, awesome. Almost never do we we have a conflict with that. So I think this sounds like something she would really um, she would really like and appreciate and be able to hold on to this plan. Yeah, I feel like um, from the consulting aspect, just things that I've learned um, is that um, it's it's easy to feel like there's a lot of things you can be doing. You know, with the group practice, it's um, less about, obviously, you can hire, like, different types of therapists, and you can expand into, you know, doing um, speaking engagements in the community and stuff, but um, generally, growth includes, like, physical growth of some sort or hiring of some sort, Um, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to, like, the consulting piece, um, I've learned that there's just so many avenues you can go. Um, and in my own personal experience in uh, growing in the consulting world is um, that it can easily become, and that happened for me, which is why last year I really simplified, um, which felt like it was going to be a, a step back from growth in a way, um, but it has really turned out to be the opposite, is that um, sometimes we look at growth as providing more opportunities or doing more things, when in reality it might mean just simplifying what we already are doing so that we can have, so it's easier to focus on that one or two things. And so, um, you know, in my example for myself is in 2018, I realized, you know, um, because I'm one of the only people that focuses on coaching, like strictly group practices. I don't do solo practice owners. I, you know, really only do groups, um, is that I was doing everything from a podcast like I'm doing now to blogging, to membership site, to podcast, uh, to uh, masterminds and small groups and individual coaching, um, e-courses, like so many different, because it, all of those things weren't out there. Um, and I felt like, wow, this is another way that I could grow and be, uh, be seen more and do more for that, you know, for group practice owners and another way to get, get my information out there. Um, and, and realizing that that version of growth um, is really overwhelming and uh, is, is draining. And Facebook groups, managing Facebook groups is not super easy and not always that fun. Um, so right. all of those things. Um, and what I, what I ended up doing was really simplifying and knocking down almost all of those things um, to focus on um, just the membership community and just podcasting in the Facebook group and really cutting out all of these other things. Um, which has allowed me one more time, um, and two more time to do more of like the, those three things versus only having half of my time in like 20 different ways of offering services for group practice owners. So I think in, at least in terms of the consulting piece, um, you know, looking at what does it mean to grow in the consulting world? Does it mean just having more one-on-one clients? Um, does it mean, 
um, expanding the types of services that you're offering? Or does it mean really simplifying and just being like the person to go to or the two people to go to for like this specific thing? Like for me, it's, um, you know, the membership thing. I want to be that person uh, or that uh, uh, coaching um, program where people can go in who don't, who want to be able to at their own leisure, be able to learn about growing and scaling a group practice where they don't have to have like these meeting times and be available during that they can kind of do it freely at their own time. And that's kind of been what I've decided is where I want to focus. And so I would say for you two, it would be, how are you focusing? And at least in the consulting piece on what it means to be available to people and what it means to grow in that capacity. Like, what is that going to look like for you? Um, because like I said, it's easy to offer a million things when you know how to start a practice and you guys do, and you're offering coaching for it. It's really easy to offer one-on-one and then be like, let's just do some group coaching for those that may not be able to afford like our one-on-one fee. Um, let's now like make an e-course because we can do it on our free time, which, you know, uh, and, and really, so I guess my end thing is to, uh, with that is making sure that growth doesn't always mean to provide more things and it might mean to simplify even. Well, that, that is exactly our problem. I think we've always seen growth as adding more things, whether yeah. it's getting, getting more office space or hiring yeah. another VA or another clinician or another um, group modality or something like that. And, and I think you're making a really good point that, um, you know, sometimes you have to step back and it doesn't mean you're not growing. And it right. can, you know, there's always room for simplifying, I think. Um, and, it, felt, and it feels great. Systems. If I can tell you, it's <laughs> really good. Uh, I really went the simplify route right around um, September, October. Um, And it was just in the thick of like me having just finished three mastermind groups that I was doing at the same time, which was um, not smart and launching the membership site at the end of July and still doing the podcasting and and the Facebook groups and having um, speaking engagements that I was going to in October where I was like, I'm really, really tired and (laughs) I am like spread very thin. And, um, what is, what gives me the most amount of joy? Um, I I think about, um, oh my gosh, what's her name? Marie Kondo or something. The one that does. Okay. Like what, what brings you joy? If it doesn't like throw that shit out. And that's kind of like what I I did. I was looked at my, in my group practice, what things am I doing in my practice that are giving me joy when I do them? I feel like I'm doing my best work when I'm doing them. And those things that I don't feel like I'm doing my best work in or that don't bring me joy, I can hire someone and I can pay them really well. And it goes along with that radical candor book of making sure you're lifting others up. Someone's going to love doing that. Whatever, you know, I don't love doing someone is going to. And same with the group, with the coaching is um, the things that didn't spark that like joy that didn't give me excitement. I got rid of it. And the things that do are the things that I've been keeping. So I guess I want to go full circle is um, aside from kind of putting these buckets together, just so that you and Jennifer feel like you're, you know, what is your thing to kind of own um, is, is really maybe starting with that business plan for each one and, and seeing what does it mean to be in a, like, what is, what does it mean to be in the place that you want to be in with each of those three businesses? Like, what does it look like today? Obviously next year, it might look different because you're used to, that growth at that point. And that's how it's been for micro practice. I never thought I was going to have all of these locations and all of these clinicians. Um, I got comfortable and each year, what was scary 
um, was that goal that I had. But then when I reached that goal and I looked back a year later, I was like, this isn't scary anymore because I I've learned and I've grown and as a person and evolved. And now I can actually set that, um, that goal a little bit further out. Um, and, and there is a, a natural point with my group practice. It's the three locations, um, is probably going to be it. Uh, I might make each of the locations a little bit bigger, but I'm not going to have 15 locations. Um, right. There's a natural for me, uh, and I think this is true for most people, when you really think about it all and you put your own joy into the mix of what really, like, and take money away, take um, the idea that, like, and I think for most people, at least in the group practice and consulting world, is you, you look at, um, you like what you're doing. Uh, and if you do more of it, you can make more money and you can help more clinicians have uh, have jobs and you can help more people in the community. But there's a point where that joy will start to go away because it goes beyond what was what you were supposed to do, you know, for you as a person. Yes. And some people's joy will end after one practice because they don't want, they're not meant to have more than one. They're meant to have a small boutique, group practice. Um, and, and And so I think in that business plan realm, that's where you'll start to see a little bit of it come out in what you're writing and you'll get the sense of like, okay, this is clearly, we should kind of stop with the group practice and just stay where we're at for the moment. Um, and it might not, might mean next year that you guys are like at a place where that now that is uh, shifted now, um, because of the systems you put in place in the other businesses and the comfort level that you've gotten to in all three of your businesses, that, um, growth is back on the, on the plate for, for the group practice. Right. No, I, I love it. Everything that you're saying. And I know Jen is going to be thrilled because there's a, probably a part of her that's afraid I'm coming away from this with some bigger idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I know you've, you've mentioned that your word, um, you know, for the year was like simplify. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for us, we've talked a lot about self-care recently. You know, we do have families and we do have other things going on and, and self-care really had to become a priority for this year. But I think what I'm kind of the light bulb moment is that the, the growth and all of these questions you know, simplifying is self-care um, yes. and it is still, it is still growth. And I think that's just something I kind of have to like sit with for a second and realize that that makes a lot of sense to me. And it also um, gives me a lot of stress really <laughs> thinking that, wow, if we just focus on simplifying each of these things, um, they will still grow. They will yes. still grow and we'll still have some time to kind of breathe. And maybe those big ideas just wait until, you know, 2020 and that's okay too. Yes, that's totally okay. And I, yes, I love this. Well, you have to keep me posted on what you guys decide because obviously you have Jennifer here and I need to know how she feels about this um, and what you guys end up deciding. Um, so please make sure to kind of keep us posted on your on your journey and what you guys decide for, for at least for 2019. We definitely will. And I cannot thank you enough for this time. This was really helpful. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Great. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. We'll see you next time.